0: Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary
1: by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. All right, it is time for another Successfully Unemployed Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I am here to help you learn how to quit your job by having investments, side hustles, being an entrepreneur, starting your own business, and doing every single which way that you possibly can to not have to work that J-O-B, that just overbroke job. Now, you know that in the Successfully Unemployed Show, I interview just normal people, normal people just like you and me, but they are no longer ordinary, they're extraordinary. They're extraordinary, meaning they do not work a J-O-B, that just over broke job. They work for themselves, they have other things that make them money to provide for their family and provide for themselves, and that's why we have the Successfully Unemployed Show so that you can learn how other people have become successfully unemployed. Now, I also want you to get started by having passive income, because passive income is how I am able to not work a job. See, I buy rental properties, I buy it one time, the property works for me over and over and over again, and I make money hand over fist, every single month I keep making money from the rents that I bring in, but that's not the only way that you can create passive income. There are many other ways to create passive income, and I want to give you my best-selling book where I'm gonna show you how you can have passive income, create these passive income streams, and make money without working, and even while you sleep and have it continually make money, go get my best-selling book. It's called How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income. In the description, I'll put it in there. You wanna go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book all one word forward slash free book. I wanna get that into your hands so you can start going down the path of passive income and becoming successfully unemployed. Now, in today's show, I'm super excited to have a friend of mine on. He has an amazing business. Well, in fact, he has many businesses and you'll actually hear that a lot on the show. All these people that I'm interviewing, all these entrepreneurs and investors and side hustle experts, they have many businesses because they realize that working for themselves, they have so many opportunities, and these opportunities keep coming, and they take and they grab onto these opportunities. Now, my friend that I'm bringing on today, he is a land investor. He invests in land. He buys lands. He sells land. He also does a owner financing where he gets monthly income from those from the land as he's selling them so many great options and he has a fantastic website that teaches everybody about real estate The website's called retipster.com, and I am going to bring on a good friend of mine. His name is Seth Williams. I am really super excited that you are going to be learning from him because I learn a ton from Seth as well. All right, guys. All right, guys. Let's jump into today's show where we are talking with Seth Williams about land investing. All right. Let's do it. Seth, it's fantastic knowing you, and I'm really, really glad to have you
0: on the show. Yeah. Thanks, Dustin. Thanks thanks for having me on. It's good to be here.
1: All right, man. So I'm going to jump right into it. Sure. How do you make money so that you can be successfully unemployed?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I mean, I've actually got a few different things going on, but the first thing that I ever really figured out and got success in was the land investing business. And um, part of why land worked for me, I mean, the first time I heard it, I was just like, what? Land? Like, I don't get it, you know? And I think that's what a lot of people think when they hear about Just dirt. But um, the reason that land works so well, as opposed to every other type of real estate I had tried to work with, uh, is because land, it's actually very easy to find land deals in almost any market. And when I say deals, I mean like paying anywhere from like 10 to 30% of market value for that property. So um, I'll just give you an example. When I first got into the business, this was back in 2008, and this was in Michigan. So Pretty much the worst state to be in at one of the worst times economically in the country's history. (laughs) Um, So things were not going well. And uh, I was able to get a a list of property owners in a county near me. And this wasn't just any list, it was a list of people that had delinquent taxes on their property. So for one reason or another, they were about one to two years behind on the property taxes. And I sent them all a postcard and just said, hey, give me a call if you want to sell your property. I'm looking to buy land in your area and a lot of people called me. And the first property that I bought, this was a half acre vacant lot uh, that I bought for $331. So very, very cheap. I mean, most people can find that kind of money sitting around if they need, they need to. And I sold this thing 11 days later on Craigslist for $1,900, um, which, you know, I mean, that's 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 a nice paycheck. That's not like quit your job money. But I mean that's an awesome profit on only you know a few hundred bucks, and I realized like, you know when I went through the process and it, like I didn't have to take out debt for this. I was able to do this from home. Like I didn't have to make any crazy risks or anything like that. And I just figured like if I do a lot more of this, or if I find bigger versions of this and just buy bigger properties with the same model, I could do pretty well. And uh, over the years, I've I've done several hundred uh, deals like this. Um, when I was getting started, it was mostly a little, you know, rinky-dink lots like that. But um, the, these days, it's much more substantial properties. And, you know, the great thing about the land business is that if you don't want to, you don't have to, take to go into debt at all. And, uh, I mean, honestly, I haven't seen one of the properties that I've bought and sold in years. Like... Most of the properties that I work with are in states that I've never been to before. So it's not like I need to be driving and inspecting these properties with my own eyes. There's no tenants involved. There's no contractors involved. Like it's a pretty cut and dry thing for the most part. I mean, compared to every other type of real estate, it's much more two-dimensional in nature. And because I'm buying land for so cheap, I don't really have to do anything to change the property. I don't have to improve it. I don't have to alter it in any way. I mean, I could, I guess, if I wanted to, but I don't need to because I'm just getting into these deals with so much free real estate equity. Uh, So it really just comes down to understanding where and how to find these motivated sellers. And it's actually not that hard if you know where to look. So
1: before we go into, because I know we're going to get into the step by steps. Yeah. I I love that idea, especially when you're doing you know, 300, it was a $91, $391, 300,
0: correct? 331 it, bucks, yep.
1: $31 to buy a piece of land. I, I, I'm dumbfounded thinking that that, especially in 2008, you know, it's like, wow, I would think it'd be a much different scenario, but you made money on it, which is fantastic. Now, take us back before you bought that first deal. You know, what was, what was, what type of job were you working? You know, how did, how did that make you feel? Like, I'm thinking, when I was working a job, like, man, I just wanted to, I wanted to quit. I wanted to basically be my own boss. What was going through your head and then take us in the process of getting that first deal?
0: Yeah, so um, my first real, you know, I guess notable job out of college was working as a uh, kind of like a glorified credit analyst for a small business financing company. So I was kind of an office rat and, and I, I was a pretty soft-spoken person. So a lot of people I don't think they thought much of me, honestly. I wasn't like a, you know, they didn't think, Oh, that guy's going places. I was kind of just kept to myself. And um, I think they probably found me pretty boring to be honest with you. Um, And I just remember feeling like, like, is this it? Like, is this seriously my life? Like, is this what I was put on this earth to do? And, and I, I didn't really know what else to do. I knew I wanted to make a lot more money and I didn't really want to be employed, but I didn't really know how to get there. And that's, I spent a lot of time trying to look into like flipping houses and buying rental properties. But at the time, all I knew was looking on the MLS. And back in like 2006, 2007, it was, seemed like it was impossible to find cash flowing deals in my market uh, that would make sense. And so, you know, I mean, basically I was going about it pretty much the wrong way. I didn't really have a competitive edge or know how to get into these deals. And so you know, when I finally discovered the land business and started doing that, it was just this incredible breath of fresh air with this realization, like, maybe I can do something more. Like, maybe I can sort of do what I wanted to do in life. And to me, it didn't really matter what the vehicle was necessarily. Like, it didn't have to be land, but that was just the first thing that worked and the first thing that I didn't relentlessly fail at at every turn I took. So, um, yeah, so I, I just remember feeling sort of, I don't know if hopeless is the right word. I wasn't like miserable in my job. It's not like I hated it, but it just wasn't like it didn't. um...
1: You were being fulfilled. Like it it wasn't something that you valued. Yeah. It
0: didn't make my heart sing necessarily.
1: So from there you get your first deal. Now, did you do this all on yourself? Did you do any, we don't have to get into it. I just was curious. Did you, Learn? Did you t- read any books? How did you figure out how to do this land deal? Yeah.
0: Um, well, the whole idea of the land business, and not just that, but maybe even more importantly, the list or how to get lists like this came about by taking a course that came out back in 2008 about land investing. So it was very much, you know, I would not have just thought of this on my own. It was uh, getting inspiration. And, you know, I found out about that by hanging out in different real estate investing forums and by the grace of God, I came across this, this business model. And yeah, that's kind of how it Amen, came about. man.
1: So from there, we're looking at now you're gonna start scaling where you're gonna be able to make more money to eventually where you can quit that job instead of doing something for somebody else, making them money. How then are you able to scale that business to build it up to where you can be successfully unemployed?
0: Yeah, totally. Well, in terms of like uh, you know, how you how you do more volume and do more deals. I know for many people who do the land business, a big part of what makes it so great is seller financing. And what I mean by that is, uh, you know, when you buy these vacant land properties, you're, you know, you just pay in cash the same way you normally would. But when you're selling them, um, you know, one option obviously is to just sell for cash. Just somebody pay me 10,000 bucks for this and you can take it. Or you can offer them seller financing. And the reason this is a big deal is because, uh, the vast majority of banks will not lend money on vacant land unless there is an immediate plan to develop that land. Uh, So a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of land buyers, they don't really want to develop it. They just want to buy the land. And if you don't offer them seller financing, and if they don't have the cash, they can't buy it. So by offering them the ability to, you know, make maybe pay a thousand bucks down and the other $9,000, you can pay back to me in payments over the next three to five years. And, you know, you can also charge interest for that and basically do a land contract or whatever the the state uh, laws, you know, help to make sense in your state because every state is a little bit different with seller financing. But um, the idea is, you know, you you buy the thing super cheap, you sell it, seller financing, you can set it up so that as your down payment, you're getting most, if not all of your money back. And then for the next three to five years or however long you want to make it, all those payments are like pure profit. It's not like you're using that money to pay off a loan or anything. It's like, it's pure profit. It's pretty cool. And, uh, you know, as, as part of doing those kinds of deals, especially if you can do a lot of them, you can set up a lot of streams of income that are, I wouldn't say hundred percent passive, but mostly passive because remember these people own the land themselves. So they're not tenants. They're not going to call you if something goes wrong and they kind of just come in on a regular basis. And, I know people who are making tens of thousands of dollars this way, just getting payments like this from seller finance land deals. And everything I just told you there is the rosy part of it (laughs) on the the flip side of it. Um, you know, there, as you can imagine, there's downsides to to seller financing too. I mean, first of all, you don't get all your cash in one lump sum payment. So it just kind of slows up how quickly you make your profit and how fast you can move the money. And, uh, there's also hassles involved. A lot of times, you know, there will be borrowers who stop paying and then you got to figure out how to get that property back and get them get them out of there and that kind of thing. Um, you know, there's, and there's also like the paperwork side of it. Every state has, you know, basically a sort of a standard template almost that you need to follow if you want to have the control that you should have as that uh, lender on that property. So there's a lot of moving pieces it, to just say, do seller financing. Like there's a lot, a lot that lives inside of that. So I don't think it's the right fit for everybody. I actually don't do seller financing much on my deals anymore just because they're kind of a hassle. But I mean, if you really wanted to take this full time and not just replace a job, but like literally get rich off of it, I mean, seller financing in a lot of ways can be a very key component to that. So like it's worth fighting those battles if you want to, you know, really take this to the full tilt.
1: That's great. And so as you are doing that, as you're building your business, you're scaling it up. Seller financing is an option, but you said you've done hundreds of these deals. Mm -hmm. Now, how did it work out with your wife and talking to her about, hey, I'm going to quit my job or I'm going to continually just do this? How did that conversation go?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the really cool things about land investing, another reason why it was able to work for me is because you really can make a full-time income on a part-time basis. Like um, pretty much back when I first started, I probably put like, I don't know, at the very most 20 hours a week into it. Like literally it ate up all of my nights and weekends. Uh, These days it's more like five hours a week. And like that's enough to make more than my old day job was paying me. Uh, If you know how to automate different aspects of it and you know, focus your time on the most uh, profitable things. You can totally do that. So for me, um, you know, I've been able to basically generate a full-time income from land. And then also on top of that, uh, run retipster.com where most of the stuff that we put out there is free, but we very strategically monetize certain things that we feel make a lot of sense for our readers to know about. So it's, it's a very non-salesy kind of thing where we try to just overwhelm people with a value and between the blog and the land business and rental properties and things like that, you know, it was, it was more than enough money to to make it okay. And I was actually, I mean, I remember back when I pulled the trigger to quit my job, like I was, I was kind of scared to do it just because I had never done it before. It was a very unknown territory. It felt like, am I really allowed to do this? Like, am I, is, am I really, do I really deserve this good of a life? That kind of a thing, just second guessing myself. But My wife was like, totally cool with it. So, and she's like a very, very, um, you know, does not like risk, kind of apprehensive against doing anything crazy like that. And the fact that she was okay with it, that was a good sign that like, this must be fine because, you know, she wouldn't be okay (laughs) if this was a problem.
1: That's awesome. Now, I I love that because my wife was very, very hesitant. It took took me quite a while before I could quit my job because I was buying rental properties one by one. And it was probably about nine, years after I started that I finally quit my job and my wife was really encouraging. But the reason why she was encouraging because for the last nine years I've been building the business, she sees the recurring income coming in because it's passive. Yours is different. You know, you have to get another deal to make more money and then keep doing that over and over again. Now, let's walk through the process. Let's say I am brand new, very, very brand new. I've never done any land investing at all. How should I start? Like what's the first place to start and then walk me through the process to getting my first deal.
0: Yeah, well, I think if you're starting from absolutely nothing, I mean, the most effective way and just widely, you know, accepted way to start drumming up business and start getting deals is through direct mail. Um, Not that there's not other ways to do it too, but direct mail is pretty much the most scalable way to do it. And it doesn't require a whole lot of your time. You don't have to waste your time with tire kickers and that kind of thing. Um, especially if you're sending respondents through the right kind of funnel and that kind of thing. But um, I mean, I would say the first step is to figure out where you're going to get your list from. These days, most of the lists that I work with come from a service called datatree.com. Um, we've actually you, actually, you can actually get a discount on their service through, I've got an affiliate link with them. If, I don't know if you want to share What is that? I
1: know you do. So I want to put that in the show notes. What's that affiliate? Yeah, link? It's uh,
0: just retipster.com forward slash datatree and that'll give you a discounted access to it. But, but anyway, um, whether it's DataTree or something totally different, just find a data service that lets you very clearly filter certain types of property owners that you want to be on your list, depending on which state and county you're working in. And you can get very, very specific, especially with DataTree. You can like, you know, say the size of the property, like the zip code where it's at, what kind of owner it is, where the owner live. I mean, it's just, it's kind of insane what you can do. Um, And the reason I say to to get a list like that from a data service is because um, it's probably the easiest, most efficient way to do it. Uh, The way I did it when I got started was I got the delinquent tax list directly from the county. And I think the response rate can be great on that. It's a very effective list, but um, getting it from the county and then working with what they give you can be a real mess. I mean, it's just... Was it a text file? um, Sometimes it is, the one that uh, if I get a text file, I can usually convert it to an Excel file pretty easily. But ideally what you want is an Excel file or a CSV file that lets you, you know, highlight and delete and scrub the list pretty, pretty well so that you can remove duplicate owners and just basically get the wrong people off the list. Um, and I've actually got a lot of tutorials that explain exactly how to do this stuff. But Um,
1: and data tree already has literally all that stuff. You can funnel it down. You can make sure that you find the right places. Now, pausing that thought with data tree, um, is this able to do anywhere in the country or is it, should we just be in our neighborhood so we can see the land? Like, what are your thoughts about being able to invest anywhere?
0: So when I got started, I've just in my head, I felt like I could only do this in an area where I can drive to it and see the property with my own eyes. So that was how I started. And I think there is some value to that just in the ability to see it. However, um, knowing what I know now, absolutely not. I do not think that's necessary. I think it's probably better to figure out, you know, what are the good markets where it's going to be easier to sell these properties and just do that rather than feeling like you're shackled to your own backyard. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like I I don't do a lot of stuff in Michigan even anymore, even though that's where I live Um, I mean, if a great deal shows up, I'll do it. But it's not like I'm only Michigan is what I'll allow myself to do.
1: That's great. Okay, so let's say we got a list now. We went to DataTree, we looked up all the land information and got the information. We have a good list. We've went through your tutorials and we've seen how to do it. We got a good list. What's the next step from there? And you said direct mail was one of the first ways to get started. You need the the list um, from DataTree, a source like that. What's the next step after that? Yeah,
0: so there's a couple different paths you can go down when it comes to actually sending out the mail. One of them is some people call it like a neutral letter letter or a postcard where you're basically just sending them a message saying, Hey, I see you on land here. I want to buy land there. Give me a call or visit my website and let's talk about it. And, uh, the other way is to do what's called a blind offer. And that's where it's, it can actually get a little complicated, but you spend a lot of time on the front end figuring out what market values are on a per acre basis. Uh, in the zip codes and neighborhoods and county that you're mailing to. And you basically use a a formula to come up with an offer price, a very, very, very low offer price for everybody. And you just send them a contract. So like before you even talk to them, literally the first thing they hear from you is a dollar amount that you're going to offer them. And as you can imagine, both approaches have some drawbacks and some advantages to them. Um, With blind offers, I, I think you'll, inevitably really lose a lot of deals because you're not building a rapport with people. You're not taking any time to understand the situation. You're just cold offer. Um, however, it's much, much, much more scalable. And it also, I mean, given that, you know, your are buying price, if you end up buying from anybody, it's going to be a very low number no matter what. So it's like you might as well just eliminate any confusion and just let them know right out of the gate. This is what you should expect if we do this. And if they decide they hate you and you know they don't want to talk to you, then fine, let's not talk anymore. Whereas with a postcard, it does give you the chance to understand the situation and maybe offer a little more if the property warrants it. But it's also going to chew up a ton of time in doing that. So um, I think if you're somebody who has plenty of time to spend on that, then the postcards can certainly make sense. That was what I started with and it did make sense for me. But if you're short on time and if you have more money to spend, then blind offers probably makes more sense for you. So um, so it, do
1: you normally do blind offers now or is it a combination of both? Yeah, the past
0: couple of years, I've done pretty much exclusively blind offers and I actually get a lot of uh, leads submitted to me through organic traffic that hits my website. And that's something that, I don't think you can really depend on when you're starting out. That's something that happens as a benefit of being in the business for a long time.
1: So now is it the re tipster website or do you have another website? That's just for land.
0: I've got a separate website that literally it's just, uh, it functions as like a, it's not a landing page. There's a few pages to it, but it allows people to submit their property and then it sends out an automated offer to them based on what they submitted to me.
1: So, an automated offer. That is, yeah. that is brilliant. Well, that's, that's awesome actually, they, that's yeah, a, They can just say yes and then sell it.
0: Yeah, that's an, actually a new thing, new development that just came out this past year. Prior to that, I was manually looking at the submissions and deciding whether I wanted to send an offer. And that, that worked okay, but still like it required me to like pay attention, look at it, take time to do that. The beauty of this automated offer thing is that uh, one of the questions I ask is, what do you think the market value is? <laughs> and, and and the thing about land is like it's a very subjective thing. It's very hard to understand what land is actually worth. Even appraisers don't even know how to do it. So whatever number they put in there, even if it's a total pie in the sky, you know, garbage number, my website just takes that number and multiplies it by 9%. So 9% of whatever number they told me, it waits an hour and it sends out an offer to them. and. <laughs> And this is a, keep in mind, this is not like a contract. I'm not legally bounded to do anything. I'm just saying, Hey, here's a number. What do you think about it? And uh, as you can imagine, like a lot of people say you're crazy, like no, and that kind of thing. But you'd also be surprised. Like a lot of people say yes too. And the cool thing about it is I don't have to spend one second on any of these leads until I see somebody say yes. And then I can look at it. And there've been some very good deals that have come out of this, uh, which it just it blows my mind even now that like, it's, as, it's as automated as it is. Cause it used to take me a ridiculous amount of time and now it's, it's a pretty, pretty cool system. So, yeah.
1: So is this something, cause I know you coach and teach how to do land investing. Is that a, a system that somebody can, once they start working with you, they can actually buy that same system and implement it in their own, yeah. Their own business. Yeah, actually
0: it's kind of cool. Um, that whole idea of having automated offer thing sent out, it was actually my idea that I shared with somebody who was already working on creating a WordPress theme specifically for the land business. Um, it's called, the theme is called REI land leads from a company called REI conversion. And um, you know, the guy's name is Jesse. He had reached out to me just, Hey, I'm working on this. I'd love your input. And I shared that idea with him and he like, spent a bunch of time to make a special plugin that does all this stuff. And it's just like, awesome. But yeah, that you can buy that theme and you can get that plugin integrated with it. And yeah, you can do all the same stuff. Oh, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, definitely. So we can go to tipster to figure that out. Now, once we do, let's say we did submit an offer, mm-hmm. however different ways, um, either through getting a postcard, like you said, and start the conversation, mm-hmm. or you get a direct offer, like this is the offer, or like you said, getting leads in. And so let's say somebody comes back and says... Well, I'm ready to talk. Not like, let's, this is the deal, I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. But I'm ready to talk about it. What's the step from there to actually purchasing the property?
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, part of that is negotiation. Sometimes there's back and forth. Like, you know, I I don't like that number, but if you can make it this, then maybe we'll do it. And a lot of times when that happens, like my response is just like, okay, best of luck. You know, I I hope you find somebody who'll pay that. And many, many times they come back like a week or two or three weeks later saying, okay, I'll do it. Cause they realize like, um, it it does take a little bit of know-how to sell land and tap into the right audience, which is, so it's not that hard. Like I could totally tell you how to do it, but the average person doesn't know that. And so they just realize like, it's going to be a lot easier to just push this easy button and get cash now than hassle with this myself. So, um, but anyway, once we do agree on a number, uh, depending on the the price that I'm buying in at, if it's like a super cheap, like if I'm paying, you know, 500 bucks, for example, and if the property is worth like less than 10,000, I don't do a lot of these deals anymore these days. But you know, if I was, uh, there's a pretty, uh, I mean, a very cost effective and pretty quick way to close this in-house without a title company. And the reason this option's even on the table is because a lot of times, the the economics of the deal don't make sense if you're paying more to close the property or close on the deal than you are to buy the thing itself. Um, and it's it's actually not that hard, especially with land. There's usually no no loans involved. The title is relatively clear. If you know what to look at, it, it's pretty easy to close it yourself. Um, however, the market value is like over ten thousand um, bucks. It's pretty easy call to just take it to a title company and say, "Here's a signed purchase agreement, just a one pager." go ahead and close it for us. And you know, you probably have experience with this too. Some title companies are awesome. Some of them are terrible and they usually, they usually take a lot more time than it would take to just close the thing yourself. But it still takes a lot of work off of my shoulders because they can just fiddle around with all the mundane details and make sure it's being done right. And they can handle the exchange of funds and stuff like that. So depending on the price, it's either a self-close or a title company. And then, uh, yeah, then once I own the thing, it just turn around and try to sell it as fast as you can. And that's just all about knowing where to post listings and where the most eyeballs are that are looking for land and that kind of thing.
1: For me, the first thought comes to Craigslist. Like, okay, the easiest one to put on Craigslist. Now, I know also Facebook Marketplace, I don't know if that's great for real estate, but I know Facebook Marketplace is also taking off or people are getting used to that. Um, but those are two that come into my head. Are, am I am I hidden mark, or is there yeah. other
0: places that are better? Nope, you're spot on. Uh, I think Facebook Marketplace is actually probably even a bigger deal than Craigslist these days. Back when I got started, Facebook Marketplace was not a thing. Like Craigslist was the main platform, and it, it still is pretty effective. But the benefit with Facebook is that a lot of people are already there anyway. Whereas with Craigslist, it's like they have to go out of their way to go there and look for it. Um, so yeah, definitely. And Facebook. And Craigslist, really, they both have their quirks, things about, about them that are really annoying to deal with. Um, but inevitably, a lot of exposure can come for free out of both of those platforms. Uh, another one worth doing, I think, is Zillow for sale by owner. It's uh, really easy to create a free listing and put it on there. I mean, I think you'll get a little less traction, but still like there's lots of people on Zillow. Yeah, so, so Zillow I think is uh, worth doing. There's a lot of other ones too. If you're willing to pay a little bit of money, I know like LandWatch, Watch, Land Century, there's um, Lands of America, Land Farm. There's lots of different uh, paid websites that um, I'm not convinced it's worth it. I know a lot of people do it and they pay for it and they do get results. But um, I mean, a lot of times if you've got a good deal, like it's gonna sort of sell itself, especially in the right market. And um I don't know. I maybe it's because I'm a cheapskate or something, but I I just haven't made a regular practice of putting it on those paid sites. But those options are there if you really want to get more uh more eyeballs on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Now, once you do that, you have to go through I like I like what you explained about the title company because that is something that you have to be concerned about actually closing, but that's something that you also talk about on Tips, or So I want people to go check out your site. Now I want to jump into the rapid fire round. Now in the rapid fire round, we're going to be talking about quick questions that are going to be, you're going to be able to come these off the top of your head. So it will be pretty simple. So in quitting our job and becoming successful and employed, we're not working 40, 50, 60 hours a week for somebody else. So hopefully you have a little extra time that we can give back. How are you giving back to make the world a better place or the people around you or your your realm of influence? How are you giving back to make things better?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I don't wanna sound braggy or anything, but there's a, uh, so I, I do a lot of volunteering with my church. I'm like one of their head videographer people. And it's actually kind of cool. I. Being, doing like amateur video work is something I've gotten into a lot while running a blog. It's really fun. Like I love it a lot and it has a lot of nice side benefits too. Like I, whenever I go on a family vacation, like we may get amazing videos out of these things. Like they're really cool and fun to do. And I'm also able to uh, serve my church in that way. So that's pretty cool. Uh, We also sponsor uh, a number of kids around the world um, through uh, Compassion International and World Vision. Uh, so do that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, and I think really just like with my own family and like my children, like I'm just, I'm around, you know, like they, if they need me I'm there, it's not like I can't be accessible or anything like that. And I, I try, I try not to do this, but like even just on the fly, it's like, Hey, let's just take the morning off and go ice skating down at the park or something like that. It's like, that's an option for me. And it's, um, I know what it's like to not have that freedom, which means I also know how great it is to have it. And that's been a pretty amazing thing.
1: I completely agree. Yeah. Good for you, man. And I think, you know, I live in Arizona. I think about going to a park and go ice skating. That's not <laughs> <It's> Nowhere <laughs> no <laughs> near going to happen. <laughs> okay, cool. Now, what advice would you go back and give your younger self? You know, before you started, um, you know, working, doing land, even before maybe you started working a job, mm-hmm. give us one advice that would help you could be in business, could be in life. Give us one piece of advice that you would give back and give to yourself, uh, your younger self
0: yeah you know that's a good question. I would say I would say try it one more time. That's probably the words I'd say to myself and and the reason I say that is because there's a lot of a lot of things that I've been able to do in life, and the only reason I've been able to do them is because I just relentlessly kept trying and pushing forward, and like I totally felt the burnout and like this is never going to work. And just a lot of self-defeating thoughts, but like for whatever reason, the way my brain is wired, like I'm okay, just sticking my head down and just plugging away for countless hours until it works. And I think it's because of that, that I've gotten anywhere. A a lot of people can't or won't do that. And that's why they don't really, you know, get that far (laughs) because they just kind of give up at the first uh, sign of uh, stress. So I, I think just the ability to keep going. Um, and don't get me wrong. There's been times I haven't done that. Like there's lots of things that I've been, I've just decided I don't want to fight these battles. This is too hard. I've got other things to do. Um, but just realizing that, you know, nothing great is going to come easy and some things you just have to work hard at and just slog through it until you figure it out. And, uh, that's a valuable lesson.
1: That is. That's, that's a great, great lesson. I don't give up very easily. In fact, it takes a lot. I'm, I'm pretty stubborn, I guess, is what it comes down to. So because I'm so stubborn, I just keep doing it until it actually works. So that's a great point. Now, if, if there's one piece of advice you can give to somebody who says, you know what? I like what Seth's doing. I want to start investing in land. One piece of advice that, that you haven't shared already that would get them started investing in land.
0: Yeah, would get them started, Um, I guess I would say, well, I mean, everybody sort of has to have their own reason as for why they want to do this. I know for me, I wanted a lot more freedom. And ultimately, the way that I saw that happening was by making a lot more money from something that wasn't my job. Um, And I, you know, when I saw that, that land actually worked after I had failed at so many other things, like that really lit a fire under me and helped me see the validity of it. And So I guess like part of it is every person needs to see it for themselves. Like they need to experience one of those wins. I remember like the first time I got an accepted offer in my mailbox. It was just like, oh my word, I cannot believe what just happened. Um, And just like having those moments really helps. It makes it much easier to keep moving forward. So I would say like, you know, go through the process at least once, preferably two or three times just to make sure you know, you're, you're trying it and seeing if it works. And um, because I just think like, once you, once you experience that, like, I won't have to convince you, like, you're just going to know this is the thing. Um, And for a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily happen on the first time. So, I mean, usually when I start, like when I started my first direct mail campaign was 106 mailers, which is not a lot. I mean, that's, I wasn't even really expecting anything to come out of that. It was more just like, let me dip my toe in the water, see if anything happens and I'd gotten like a 6% response rate on that. And so I realized like, okay, people are getting this. They're reading it. They're doing what I tell them to do. Like things are gonna happen if I bump this number up. So um, sometimes that, that helps a little bit is to like ease into it and kind of sell the idea to yourself based on your own experience.
1: I love the idea of getting that first win. The first time now, buying my first rental property and going through all that process was a lot of work. But that first paycheck that I got, I think it was like $300. dollars we a paycheck. It was like a, a rent check. Um, that was above and beyond all the expenses it was $300. That was just pure profit in my pocket. I thought, wow, <laughs> that first win. And I said, I can't, I'm not going to do anything else but this ever again. And so that's when I got to 30 plus properties and now I just have money rolling in. It's just such a blessing. So what? is um, one or two different tools that you're using in business or in your life. It could be an app. It could be, I don't know, a power saw. I don't know. What tools are you using in your life that we can use to make our lives better?
0: Oh man, there are so many things I could talk about here. Um, It's telling the first thing that comes to mind, they're probably pretty basic things that most people know about, but Slack is something that I use constantly, like every day uh, to communicate with various people both on my phone and on my my computer. It's just uh, like rather than texting and emailing, it's an easy way to just keep all communication in one spot and it's easier to find things. So for me, Slack has been a huge deal. Um, And what else? I think probably something as simple as like Trello. You know, most people probably are familiar with that, but if you're not, it's a a nice task management free software. You can kind of drag cards around a board and just keep track of where different things are at. So. Yeah, I guess those are the first things that come to mind.
1: Perfect, yeah. perfect. So what is one nonfiction book? It could be a business, it could be life, it could be anything um, that can help us as readers to learn um, how to just be a better person, how to do business better or anything like that. What's one nonfiction book you would recommend?
0: Yeah, this is an easy one because I, I just read this about a month or so ago. It's called Crucial Conversations. Have you ever read that book? No, I haven't. Oh my word. It's like one of those... For me, it was just like a life-changing book. Um, I actually got the audio book and was trying to listen to it while I drove around and worked out. And I found myself having to stop it like every three to five minutes to like take notes on what I heard because it was so valuable. Just like in the premise of the book is, um, you know, when you have conversations that are very important, whether it's a confrontation or telling somebody they need to do better at something or you disagree on something, basically like the hardest conversations in life, how do you navigate through that without like making enemies out of people, making people hate you? Like how, how do you make everybody walk away from that conversation, like feeling better, like improving everyone in the process? And I, I don't think I'm great at this. It actually takes me a lot of effort to, and I actually learned a little bit of this from like Dale Carnegie and that kind of thing. But that book just did a beautiful job of laying out several different examples of, how, how it can play out, like it gives a really good framework for how to handle these things and even just like one-liners and talking points that can help you get through these things. So yeah, I, it's one of those books I had heard about for like 10 years and when I finally heard it, it was just like, wow, I see why everybody talks about this book. It's very, very helpful.
1: One book that I love is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie like you just said. Uh, I'm definitely going to have to check out Crucial Conversations. That sounds like a fantastic book. I love being able to um, utilize even like any time I'm talking or meeting with somebody, being able to help the situation. If it's bad, make it better. If it's good, make it you know the best and all that sort of stuff. So that's a great great tip. So Seth You've given us so much value. I want people to learn how to invest in land. How can they reach you? How can they figure out everything that you're doing so that they can learn from you?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, if if people just are kind of looking for tidbits or like, uh, I mean, I'll back up a little bit. So on the blog retipster.com, since 2012, I've been putting together like very, very in depth, comprehensive uh, blog posts and videos and tutorials, stuff that like, justifies paying for, but it's all free. So it's like, totally check out retipster.com. There's a a category we have set up specifically for land and everything related to that. So I'd say check that out. If you want like a full blown A to Z course that teaches like everything you'll have to know to get in the business and start the business and, you know, grow it and that kind of thing. uh, There's a membership site we set up specifically for that. It's at retipster.club. And There's a full blown course in there, a lot of bonuses, and we do monthly coaching calls with people for free that are in the site. And we've got a forum and all the stuff you could want. So, retipster.club is where all of that is at.
1: You also have a podcast, is that correct? Yep.
0: Yep. The retipster podcast. uh, And that's at retipster.com forward slash podcast. You can hear uh, you actually. You were on our podcast not long ago. So, check out episode (laughs) 55 if you want to hear Dustin.
1: Awesome. Seth, I I really appreciate you. you're, You're a great person. I'm so glad you came on the show and you were able to share all your wisdom. So thank you so much. I really appreciate your time.
0: Yeah, you bet. Thanks, Dustin. Appreciate it, man.
1: All right. Take care, Seth. You do. And that was awesome. I love talking with Seth. He gives me so many great ideas on how to do my business better, how to find properties, how to actually do investing better, as well as even online business. He's got a fantastic website called retipster.com. Really, really super terrific website that's teaching people how to invest in real estate. So go out and check out his website, get his free stuff, as well as get my best selling book, How to Quit Your Job with Passive Income. Get that for free. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash free book. All right, you guys are fantastic. Thank you so much for being here with me. I am looking forward to the next interview where we will be learning so much about how to become successfully unemployed by quitting our jobs with investments, side hustles, entrepreneurship, and every single other way. All right, guys, I will see you in the next episode. See ya.